It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up podcast. Today is going to be a fun one. We have the trade deadline right around the corner. We are going to get into that. I have a very special guest today. I'm going to tell you who that is in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that you can find this pod wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to turn on the auto downloads so you get all of the content as soon as it's posted to the show feed. Subscribe, rate, review, and now settle in. Because, like I said, we have a good one today. I am joined by Robbie Hyde. We are going to be talking about the trade deadline. There is a trade that went down today, tonight, when we are recording this. When you hear this, it's going to be a few hours later. But we're going to talk about that. But first, Robbie, how are you, my friend? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a it's a busy time, and uh, it's nice that we got a trade tonight, and we can, we yes. can talk about it a little bit. So we got a, something juicy to start with. We do. So we have the O's and the A's, just letters. We don't have full teams yet. We just have letters making trades. Shintaro Fujinami to the Baltimore Orioles. And the Oakland Athletics are going to be getting Easton Lucas, a minor league relief pitcher on the surface. This is a player in Fujinami that had some hype coming into the season because he's a fireballer. And the Orioles are not giving up a lot to get him. And that is because Fujinami has struggled for the majority of the season. As my guest, I'm going to let you go first, Robbie. Give me me and the rest of our listeners initial thoughts on this trade. What do you think it tells us that the Orioles' mindset is? What's your feeling on the trade in general? Go. What's your thoughts? Well, I think first off, you know, like you said, fireballer with Fujinami, I think that's a, a good low-key pickup for the Orioles, you know, kind of getting ahead of everyone in the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a guy I was wondering if the A's were going to trade him because he was only on that one-year deal. Obviously, really struggled as a starter with the A's. They put him back in the bullpen. He was still having some struggles. But over the last month or so, he's actually been pretty decent. It seems like his stuff fits more in a bullpen. And I I think the Orioles did a great job here, you know, getting a guy like this who has a bit of a high ceiling coming from Japan. He's been overshadowed by Otani. Obviously they were in the same class coming out of high school. And, uh, you know, funny enough with Fujinami, a lot of people thought he was going to end up being the better pitcher. And, uh, obviously here we are. And, but with Fujinami, again, he has been better recently. And I think this is a good pickup by the Orioles. It's not going to cost them all that much. Um, all they had to really send back was just one guy in Easton Lucas. They did get him in the Jonathan VR trade with the Marlins not too long ago. And uh, with Easton Lucas, I think that's, you know, a, a guy for the A's, a decent pitching prospect. He's number 30, or he was number 30 in the Orioles system on Baseball America. Um, but one thing with him prior was, you know, the velocity was a little low, but he has up that around like ni- upper 90s, 97 and 98, still struggles with his control and the location a bit. But I think for the A's, you know, with Fujinami, you only had him for the one year. And obviously we know what's going on with the A's, you know, Hey, give him a little credit there. They at least got something in return that who knows, maybe it could be just be something down the road, but in the end for the Orioles, I think this is a great move. What do you think? I have some concerns. It is the lightest way I'll put it. I'm not going to say I hate the trade because that would mean I hate the player. I hate the, I hate what this could be, but I don't like 
a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know over the last couple of weeks, he has been a lot better. Last month or so, he has been better. But what he's been this entire season, I think after the trade goes down, everybody goes and looks at his MLB.com page and his baseball savant page. I don't like the spin rate on that fastball. Uh, yeah. The fastball velocity, that's good, but I don't like the spin rate. Uh, it makes the, that, that gives the fastball a little bit of an easier chance to read. His chase rate is also uh, very poor. So there's mm-hmm. a couple of things on Baseball Savant I don't like. Here, Here's really my worry, is that this Orioles front office, they have a history of going cheap, of yeah. not going in, not putting their best foot forward. And I worry that this is an indication of where their head's at. And if that mm-hmm. is the case, that is going to be very disappointing. It is. Is it showing their hand? Again, this is early on. It's July 19th. We're talking about this. This this time will tell if this is what their philosophy is going to be. Try to find the cheap deals. Because part of what you think about how this could work out for Baltimore is the ability to develop him. Well, what, what are you going to develop him? He, he's a free agent at the end of the season. Right. So you're not like you're it's not like you're getting a guy that you're going to develop and he's really going to pay off in the next couple of seasons because this this could be a one and done situation. I also I feel like this organization, and I don't feel like this, Baltimore fans will tell you this. The franchise does not have a good track record of developing pitching. It's not a place that a pitcher goes and then is all of a sudden good, or yeah. a pitcher comes up through and is great. They have had a very difficult time developing pitchers and getting pitchers. Now this is a whole different coaching staff now, a different scouting group, a different player development. So it's all different. And we are seeing some guys that are, that are playing pitching well this year for the Orioles. But I think that I don't love it because I don't want him. uh, I don't want Fujinami to go and cost the Orioles any games because he, he, he reverts back to what he was doing earlier in the season. Um, This is an Orioles team. That is in win now, go for it mode. Not project guy, let's see if we can get him on track mode. And that is the only thing I feel like they should be focused, especially, this is it. Fujinami's a free agent at the end of the year. I just feel like the Orioles should be focused on on something something bigger. Um, Let's get to... Let's let's get to some trade talk. So we've got that one. We, we have the actual trade that goes down. Um, let's talk, though, about and And quite frankly, Fujinami was kind of a surprise. Not a lot of people talking about Fujinami getting dealt. So let's on in that vein. Let's sort of stay on that sort of track. And Robbie, I want you to go first. Um, give me a player that you think could be traded this trade deadline that nobody is talking about uh well this is a team that a lot of people are talking about the mm-hmm. chicago white Sox. we're hearing the common names like lucas giolito lance lynn even you know joe kelly uh but one guy that i think is being overlooked a little bit is Kanan middleton in the bullpen he's had a really good year uh mm-hmm. 36 games so far 2.91 era the fip is a little higher at 3.94 but he's got really good stuff, good velocity. He has had himself a really good year in the White Sox bullpen. I think that's, you know, like I said, there's a lot of these names here on the White Sox that probably will get moved. But this is a guy I think that could be a game changer. You know, we're talking about Fujinami here. This is a, a reliever that I think 
you know what you are. You know you're going to get something good with him. I think he's going to be a really good addition, a good low-key addition mm -hmm. for a team's bullpen down the stretch. Certainly, there are going to be a lot of relievers that are out there, and the big ones that everybody's sort of focused on, well, Aroldis Chapman was – one mm -hmm. of the big ones. Barlow in Kansas City is another one. Reyes in St. Louis is there's there's a lot of those big names. Middleton certainly would be one of those relievers that you might not see coming. And if he does end up on your team, I think you'll be happy about that. Let me give you let me give you one that is close to my situation, and that is you say Kikuchi for the Toronto Blue Jays. Huh, I believe he is overlooked. There's nobody talking about him. This is anybody listening completely out of left field. Let me tell you why I think you say Kikuchi. I do believe that this front office would like to get out from underneath the you say Kikuchi contract. You have control next year. This is a trade deadline that pitching is going to be, in my opinion, the most sought after uh, position, starting pitching, relief pitching. That is what we're really going to be focused on this trade deadline. And if a lot of it's gone or Lucas Giolito, Jordan Montgomery, the asking price is too high, you may start to look for another tier of starting pitchers. And the Toronto Blue Jays are in a situation where Hyunjin Ryu is coming back. He may be back. He has a start Friday in Buffalo. It will be his second Buffalo start. You may see Ryu back in Toronto. And when that happens, they have a six-man rotation. And the Blue Jays have been linked to Marcus Stroman as of lately. I believe that if you do want to pull the trigger on a Marcus Stroman trade, you can't do it with the current situation. That's seven starting pitchers. Yeah. So if you're going to jettison one off, I think it is Yusei Kikuchi because it's, it's not going to be Ryu He'd be too much of a project, too much of an unknown for another team. And it's not going to be Alec Manoa. I believe the Blue Jays should leave Alec Manoa on the major league roster the rest of the way, no matter what happens to him. If he keeps getting blown up in that number five spot, if they need to move him to the bullpen, because if they trade for Marcus Stroman, and then you have a rotation of Barrios and Gosman uh, and, uh, who am I? And, and Ryu, and then you have Stroman. Um, and then Bassett, you have those five, you're solid. Manoa can slide to the bullpen in that scenario. I think Kikuchi, no one's talking about it. I think there's a very real chance that if the Blue Jays are indeed interested in Marcus Stroman, that has to mean they're interested in flipping somebody else that's there because I don't think they would send Manoa down to AAA for the rest of the year. And when Ryu gets back, he gets a spot. So who's going to be the odd man out if they're trading for Stroman? It could be Kikuchi in a deal with him heading out as well. I This came to me in a thought yesterday when I started reading up about the Stroman thing, and I'm like, you know, maybe that's how this thing goes down. Maybe it's a Kikuchi trade. Let's... Let me get let me get your thoughts on that. Let's 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 sort of kick back and forth. Let's sort of follow up on yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, with, on, uh, with Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. You know, because obviously I've been seeing the reports too, you know, with Stroman and the and the Blue Jays. You know, that'd be pretty cool if they would reunite again. But I'm wondering, you know, I've been seeing, you know, people, you know, commenting on my channel saying, Oh, the Blue Jays need starting pitching. I'm like, how do they need starting pitching with if so much starting pitching? So it's an interesting thought that you, you know, made there. Maybe you know, you could 
maybe partner up with a team, you know, they can deal from that position of like a surplus with starting pitching and maybe bring in something else to help the team in other ways. You know, that one area they've had not been great in this year is hitting left-handed pitching. They rank in the Mm -hmm. bottom 10. So maybe you could use Kikuchi to kind of help you there. The only question I have with Kikuchi is the advanced numbers don't look great with him and you're paying him quite a bit of money. So he is slightly underwater I would mm-hmm. think the Blue Jays, they might have to eat a little bit of the salary or yeah. m- possibly partner him, you know, with a prospect or two, you know, like not, not like a high prospect, but a lower level prospect kind of just to get out underwater from that contract a little bit. Like when you say, uh, you know, maybe Kikuchi could be a trade candidate. What do you realistically think for the Blue Jays that they could get in return? I think they would get a depth piece. I think that this team does have a depth. And I, when I say depth, I mean a position player. I do think yeah. that they have a depth situation where they keep going down to the minors for the Nathan Lukes uh, and, yeah. and players like that, the Otto Lopez players that just don't stick at the major league level. It would be wise of them to try to find a position player that fits a, a mold where maybe it's a, a Kevin Biggio type a lefty bat that can play multiple positions, doesn't have extremely high value. But again, it opens up a spot for a Marcus Stroman deal. It opens up some financial freedom because maybe they, maybe they're able to pull off the trade without eating the salary. That mm-hmm. means they would get less of a, of, of a, of a talent back, yeah. but it could be one of those. Let's trade garbage. You take my garbage. I'll take your garbage and maybe they'll <laughs> play better over here than they did with you and maybe there's a position player that sort of fits that mold out there that toronto could try to try to pull off uh the the one thing with kikuchi i could see teams uh looking at kikuchi and thinking you know this is a guy you know a lefty guy that has had some success in the bullpen Mm -hmm. uh just last year you know kikuchi was doing okay in the bullpen, you know, was it, he seemed to be a little bit more comfortable there last year. What do you mm-hmm. think of him as possibly like a reliever for another team? When he went to the bullpen last year, his K rate went through the roof. So if you're looking at him as a bullpen option in Toronto, if they don't trade him, probably would would have interest in moving him back to the bullpen because right now they only have one left-handed arm coming out of the pen. That's Tim Miza. So I could see Toronto, if if that's not there, they hold on to him, make him a reliever. Very Because of that last year, transitioning him to the bullpen and seeing how he did, I think is a very real shot that you could move him to the bullpen, whether you trade for him or whether the Blue Jays keep him. Because when Ryu's back, he got six starters. And if you're trading for Marcus Stroman, then you have seven starters. And I don't think they could move two of those guys to the bullpen. I don't know if you move... Uh, Kikuchi and Manoa to the bullpen with a Ryu, Stroman, Bassett, Barrios, Gosman. The Blue Jays rotation is going to be interesting to watch moving forward. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's again just seeing those reports on Stroman that they were at least kicking tires. Um, mm-hmm. I find it interesting. You know, I, I think the Blue Jays they're all, it's they're almost kind of quiet during this time. You know, like you always. Yeah. Thing though, you know, I always see the Blue Jays in the news with something, right. and uh, haven't really heard. You know, we heard this one, but 
not really any like mind blowing sort of uh, you know connections with the Blue Jays. I, I do expect them to heat up because they haven't been playing well lately. And, you know, coming into this year, a lot of people thinking a deep playoff run for the Blue Jays. It feels like people have fallen asleep on the Blue Jays a little bit because they have been really up and down. So you don't really I think you could agree, too, that, you know, one one week they could look really good. And then another week uh, they just look really bad, kind of like my Red Sox almost. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but this is a Blue Jays team that had a lot of expectations coming into this year. So I would not be surprised at all to really see them go for a big time move and maybe you know, clearing out Kikuchi to help with another part of the team could open up, you know, an opportunity like that. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. The most frustrating part is they did this last year too, this inconsistency. Let's yeah. talk about a player that everyone is talking about getting traded, but won't who after the trade deadline comes and goes and the clock strikes zero, who's still going to be with their team that we're all talking about getting traded this deadline who do you got Robbie I mean I think the big one you know obviously everyone's I I know we said prior to the show don't talk Otani but well I just got this I don't know I don't know what to think because Otani is like one of those guys I think there's just such an uncertainty of what it's gonna actually take to get him and I feel mm -hmm. like Artie Moreno is gonna want the price to be really high on yeah. him yeah. and and he and again he is just kind of an unknown I, I'm a big baseball trade values kind of a guy um, and the value that's coming out for him on there it's the highest of all time for a rental and it's but then I could see the angels maybe leveraging the fact like oh we've never you've never seen a player like this you know we need to have a big overpay for him and yeah but do you really you know like like if you're the Rangers, do you really want to be shelling out a top prospect like it, like an Evan Carter of the Angels are demanding that? Like no, mm -hmm. you're, mm -mm. yeah. So Tani is an amazing player. He could be the greatest player that ever lived when all is said and done. But you're only most likely you can only bank on the fact that you're only going to have him for two months, and right. you don't know what's going to happen after that. Sure, right? Could you maybe sign him, but you don't know that. You have to go into it knowing you're only going to have him for two months, and. I just wonder if the angels are just going to ask a ton and they're going to be unrealistic. You know, we all know Artie Moreno being stubborn, holding on to Otani, you know, I could see him saying to the GM, you know, Hey, no, we're, I want this. This is what I want for him. If I don't get it, I'd rather just hang on to him and just lose him. You know, it's like, I know, I know that's kind of the cliche answer, but I really do think he could end up being that guy. We've had big names on the market here for the last couple of years and they ended up moving I feel like there is a chance that Otani could just end up staying. You know, I know that's kind of the easy answer here, but yeah. it is, you know, everyone's talking about him. And I think that is definitely a name. Uh, Soto has popped up in the news. I don't think he's going anywhere. That's not really like a big rumor, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are, you know, I think the big one for me personally is Otani. So, yeah, you're right. Otani, the, the, the trouble is the kind of player he is. The asking price that we all know is out there, the reluctancy that the front office has. There's really only two teams that I could see. That too. Mm -hmm. There's only two teams that I can see would feel the urgency to trade for him. I don't think we know. Well, there's a report out that the Dodgers, that's not going to happen. We all knew that anyway. We didn't right. need the report, but we have a report. Yep. I don't think any of those other West Coast teams, I don't think San Diego would trade for him. They don't have anything left. 
You're not going to see San Francisco trade for him because it's not their MO. They'll just try to go sign him in the offseason. All of those West Coast teams are going to feel some sense of comfort that we don't need to go trade for him because we'll have a real shot at getting him in the offseason. The teams that could, should consider trading for him are the teams that do not have a shot or should feel some pain in that, you know what, this offseason, I don't know if we got a shot. Like, we'd love to get him. He'd be great, but I don't know. And that's the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees and the Mets may be on the outside looking in just because of where they are geographically, right? Because mm -hmm. there's all the thought of Otani wanting to stay out West. And we saw last year, Aaron Judge could have made more money going to San Diego than to stay in pinstripes, but he decided to stay in pinstripes. We've seen it. We just saw a player take the team over the money. We could see it again. But I think that if you're the if you're the Mets at this point, that idea has flown the coop. You can't go give all that up if you don't have a legit World Series team. The Yankees, with the troubles they're having, I don't know if it motivates them to seriously consider overpaying to get him or if they consider, look, this is the team this year. This is not a World Series team. And that so for that reason, Otani is not the answer. Because we're just not that club. We're not an Otani away from being a slam dunk World Series team. But the Yankees are the team that I would think at this point would consider it. Because just imagine, right? Like one of the selling points is the pinstripes. And yeah. how much better would it be to lock him up for a 10-year deal at $600 million if he's been in pinstripes before? He knows yeah. what that feels like. He knows what it's like to go through that postseason push to feel that crisp October air <laughs> going for it in the Bronx, trying to win a World Series with Aaron Judge and think about, man, this is what the next however many years of my career could be. That's the only way I think New York has a shot is if they give them a taste. And But, but still, they have to take a look at those factors. Are we a World Series team if we add Otani? And will we do the overpay? So that's just my final thoughts to, to sort of tie up the Otani thing. Um, the candidate that I also that I think is least likely to be traded, I feel like a lot of people keep coming back to Dylan Cease, and I just don't see it because of the years of control that Dylan Cease has left. You've got a White Sox team that looks at this division like every other team in the Central looks at the division as, hey, all we got to do is be 500 and we got a shot. Yeah. Now, we're not that this year, but we could be next year. Yeah, exactly. And they've got Cease under control. You got Robert under contract, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Benatendi, Garrett Crochet, Michael Co Too many pieces for the White Sox under control that is enough for them to be convinced that next year we'll be back. So yeah. you would not trade the guy that you're going to build your rotation around if you think you could be right back at it next year. Yeah, no, I've been thinking that about the White Sox now because, you know, obviously coming out of the gates, they were playing bad and they just kept playing bad and played even mm -hmm. more bad. And I'm, everyone's saying, okay, White Sox are going to sell. I'm thinking there, you know, you still have like a good core of, yeah. you know, Dylan Cease. The one thing that people don't seem to remember um, you know, when you go on to Twitter and you see all these people, you know, posting these Dylan Cease mm -hmm. trades and even Luis Robert trades, it's like you don't seem to understand that these players don't come around very often, especially cost controlled pitching. It's very hard to come by young, proven, 
major league pitching. You know, yeah, you can have some good pitching prospects, but they're not proven. When they're proven and they're young and they're under years of control, you know, more than three years, <laughs> teams don't want to give that up. It's, Cease is a guy that you can build your rotation around. And I, I saw very little chance. Um, I think people need to get off of the fact that just because a team is bad doesn't mean they're just going to be selling, you know, all their pieces. You know, I, I was even seeing right. Red Sox fans on Twitter suggesting trades for Luis, uh, for Luis Robert. I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? Why would the White no Sox trade him? Like, it was, right. I don't know. Mind blowing yeah. to me, but I, I, yeah, you see a team go, you see things going poorly. You think that they're going to sell and you look at the players that are most coveted, right? Oh, yeah. I want Luis Robert. I want Tim Anderson. I want Dylan Cease. So they're bad. So they must, we must have a shot to, to go yeah. and get them. Another team that I think a lot of people are ready to start the fire sale now. And I'm not is the Colorado Rockies. I don't know <laughs> if we agree on this or not. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I, I've seen Elias Diaz start to pop up in some trade rumors. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to happen. I think next year is the Colorado fire sale. I don't think it's this year. So I think because you have another year for Elias Diaz after this year, you've got the money they wrapped up into Chris Bryant, the money they wrapped up into. I can't remember who it was. I think it was McMahon that they uh, signed to an extension. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, uh, Freeland, Freeland. They, they gave it. I know they locked up a couple of their pitchers. And, Mc, uh, and Ryan McMahon. It was Ryan McMahon. So they've got yeah. those players, and they just they just executed those deals recently right. within the last uh, 12 to 16 months. So I don't think you can turn around and start giving away the, the, the pieces that you have control over. I think next year, if this Rockies team doesn't do what Arizona has done right. next year, then I think the fire sale goes down and it's open season. I still think we'll see Rockies players traded. Randall Gritchick, uh, Jerkson Profar, a lot of those bullpen pieces, Lawrence. I think they'll be traded, but I don't see Diaz. I don't see Bard. I don't see anybody that's on, you know, similar logic with the White Sox. I don't see anybody that's under control beyond this year moving because Colorado has done too much recently to where they're going to. They're going to try to be the Arizona Diamondbacks of the 2024 season. And if they're not, load it up, back yeah, it like up. One, one guy, uh, maybe, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you to probably next year, but I would maybe think could possibly be a candidate. Ryan McMahon, I just mentioned him, because mm -hmm. he has versatility. He's having a decent year. Mm -hmm. I wonder if maybe teams will kick some tires. I probably think more next year though, or maybe in the off season, yeah. if anything, probably not now, but that is one guy I could maybe see because he's not making like a, a complete ton of money. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's 9 million for this year, 12 million for next year. But I think, I mean, for the Rockies, maybe that's another reason why they would want to keep him because he is cheap. And, you know, you got to remember right. at the end of the day, this is a business at the end of the day, you got to have some players on the field that are, you know, they have the billboards out in front of the stadium and you got mm -hmm. the players on them. And Ryan McMahon is one of those guys for them. So, you know, maybe him. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I think the Rockies, they're going to, you know, Brian, I think, would end up staying there just because of how much he's getting paid. I don't know if a team right. would want to take that on. I don't know. But no, the Rockies, I agree with you. I think I think they're they're interesting. And there's some please there's some pieces that they have coming, right? 
Like, you've got Romo. That's not too far away. You're seeing for the first time uh, Tovar. So you, you're going to want another season of Ezekiel Tovar to see what you've got there. There's just too much in that system. And some of the guys that are getting close, you know, Benny Montgomery, Zach Veen, you may see those guys next year. You want to see if, can we be the, maybe we can't be the Arizona Diamondbacks of 2023 in 2024, but maybe we can be the Cincinnati Reds where we call up a lot of these young prospects. We call up Veen, we call up Montgomery, we call up Romo. And then all of a sudden we see the next step from Tovar. And then we've got these other guys that are there, right? Um, ultimately pitching is going to be the thing for Colorado if they can get that together, but they have some interesting prospects that could be ready next year. So for that reason, I think they're going to be again. Yeah. They do have to hold some on to their guys. prospects. So I think they are a team that could be pretty interesting, but, uh, but yeah, but I, I yeah. do have one more uh, trade can one more candidate that I think will more likely end up staying. Um, if I may, uh, yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez, I've been, See, seeing him that's an interesting one go mm -hmm. yeah and you know man like a, a part of me just thinks that the tigers i've been saying this for a while now a part of me thinks that the tigers would just like to hang on to him and see if they can you know get him to maybe rework the extension you, you know i yep. understand the tigers you know that's another team like the rockies they got some young players there they could be they took a step mm -hmm. back recently but that's a team that could take a step forward i think they would like to have rodriguez in the fold you know, if, if yeah. a team approaches them with a good offer, you know, sure. Um, but I think that I feel personally, at least my gut tells me, they would rather hang on to him instead of just trade him, uh, you know, after especially after just signing him. I think if they could trade Javier Baez, they would. Um, I think they're hoping he opts out. But right. I think a guy like Erod, maybe it's my Red Sox bias. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I think they uh, I think they want to hang on to him. So I, I think there's a there. I think there's more of a chance he ends up staying personally. Erod. I, I think it depends on what the trade package is because if mm. they can get something good for him, they have to trade him because he's going to, uh, if they, if they can't rework something, he's going to opt out. He's going to be a free agent anyway. So yeah. then maybe you put your best foot forward and try to re-sign him in the offseason because let's imagine a rotation without Erod right now. Let's imagine next year's rotation with everybody healthy. That's been part of the issue. Yeah. You're looking at Manning and Scooble and Mize and potentially Turnbull. And there's four right there that yeah. you can compete in that division with. You don't even need Eduardo Rodriguez. If you have him, then great. But I think that you've got a piece, and I'm sure there is a prospect or two that Tigers fans would be clamoring, hoping that I'm going to reach and, and pull out of thin air, but I don't have it. But I'm sure there's a pitching prospect that's not too far away that could help them. Or, again, we're talking about a group of starters that – I mean, if Scoobles, if Scooble hits his potential, um, if Mize hits on his potential, if Manning hits on his potential, you got three top of the rotation. I'm not talking number ones. I'm not saying aces, but you have three guys that you can feel comfortable being in your top three. And I think, I can't remember if Lorenzen has another year or not, but you've got the foundation there. So Erod is an interesting one. That would be a that would be a a, a good take to revisit because if they don't trade him, you'll look like a genius because everyone's expecting him to be traded at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I predicted in my, my yearly video, uh, one trade for each team. I, I had him going to the Astros 
you know, mm-hmm. they got that playoff experience. He's got that playoff experience. You know, the Astros are going to be there. I could see yeah. a guy like that. You know, guys, yeah. a competitor. I, I could see him being a good fit for the Astros. But like you said, it's going to come down to uh, will a team overpay? I, I think if a team, you know, if they're only getting soft offers for him, because I could see teams using that as leverage. Well, hey, this guy's sure. got the opt out that brings yeah. his value down. So if they got a team that comes to him like, all right, we'll give you this, this, this. And, you know, they say, oh, you know what? That's that's not that bad. I think they could. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they definitely could. But it depends. Uh, I just wonder if the packages are going to be good enough. So right. we'll have to wait and see. He's an interesting one out there. Let's do some rapid fire trade deadline predictions. If you think a player is going to stay, just say stay. Or sure. let me know where you have him going. Let's start with who I think is the bat that is truly available at the deadline. Cody Bellinger, mm. where do you think he's going? God, he's so perfect for the Yankees, man. He's mm-hmm. so perfect for him. Mm-hmm. I know the Yankees, they've had their problems recently. I think he's going somewhere. Yeah. He's probably not going to go to the Yankees because it is such a perfect fit. Right. Um, but, gosh, they could really use a, a bat like him, man. That would mm-hmm. really reinvigorate that lineup a little bit. I'll go, I'll go Yankees but probably because it's such a good fit. He probably won't go there. If I had another team, oh man, man, he was linked to the blue Jays for so long. And it's in the off season, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, I don't know if they, you know, their left-handers have not been great this year, but I don't really know where you put them. You know, it's kind of, I don't know. So if you're looking for a a sort of another team, I'm with you on Yankees, by the way, for Bellinger, I think that they have to, they have to get that done, but you could also see Cleveland pop up. We know that they need some pop. You could see Seattle could mm-hmm. make a move for him as well. There's a handful of teams, but I'll I'll join you on Yankees, but somehow Cashman might find a way to mess that up. Uh, let's go to Cody Bellinger's teammate, Marcus Stroman. Where do you see Stroman playing after the deadline? First, you know, I, I was having a little trouble with this one. I'm going to stick with the prediction I made uh, in the my yearly video. I'll go the Giants, the Cubs and the Giants. They've come together before yeah. Yeah. on the at the trade deadline for Chris Bryant. I'll stick right. with the familiarity there. You know, I think the, they got a good infield defense this year. Um, I, don't know, I just think he uh, I think he'd be a really good fit there. I could also see a team like the Diamondbacks getting in on it. Um, mm-hmm. he really would just be great with a good infield defense behind him. So, right. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'll stick with, I'll stick with the giants. I have the Houston Astros probably similarly to the reason mm-hmm. why you thought Erod for the Astros, the Astros need another starting pitcher. If they want to make another run to win the world series, they need That's to upgrade one. their rotation and whether it's Stroman or any of the other players that other starters that are out there, they have to, they have to try to get one of the, top tier we'll call them the a level starters let's yeah. let's put another a level starter on the board jordan montgomery where do you see jordan montgomery going oh there's so many possibilities for him because yeah there are it's yeah. like really kind of take your pick you know if i'm thinking of teams that really need some starting pitching i in my predictions i went with the texas rangers um you know, not really any particular reason. I just think he's a good middle of the rotation guy that I think mm-hmm. the Rangers could use for depth. I mean, their rotation yeah. is holding up for the most part. They've had their struggles. They had some struggles going into the all-star break. I could maybe see him, you know, in, with the Rangers. There's just a lot of teams, you know, he could go to. Maybe the Brewers, 
could uh, think they could use another pitcher. You know, Woodruff, he's going to be coming mm-hmm. back eventually. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but that could be a, a decent team. I know that would be in division, yeah. but you know, he's going to be a free agent, so maybe the Cardinals don't care about that. It's happened before, right? You've had yeah. diff- you've had in, in interdivision trades in the past. Yeah, uh, like the Reds could be a good team. They could use some starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, there's so many teams that need starting pitching. The Diamondbacks could use another starter, I think. Yes. You know, yeah. I'll stick with the Rangers. You know, I think the Rangers are gonna go get someone. I think right. I feel like the, the rotation they have is fine. I like Evaldi at the top there, but I would like someone formidable to go sure. with him. I'm not saying yeah. Jordan Montgomery is that game changer for the playoffs, but He's a good arm that you could have. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in playoff races with the Yankees. You know, obviously the Cardinals last Cardinals year. Last year, yep. um, you know, uh, I, I like the fit for the Rangers. What do you think? I have, and this is wishful thinking. <laughs> Orioles. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that if I, I, I love the idea of Montgomery, his familiarity with the yeah. American League East. Yeah. I think if you have a, a, a contentious, uh, late, uh, you know, postseason run. A regular season game between the Orioles and the Yankees, and Montgomery slated to start for the Orioles. He's going to be motivated to mow them down. So I love the idea of that. And we also know Jordan Montgomery travels well. He was great going from New York to St. Louis last year. Yeah, yeah. I would expect that he would do it again. So I think the Orioles should be aggressive. I like Baltimore, but you made a good point about every – there are so many teams that need starting pitching – which is another reason why I think Kikuchi could get dealt. Let's go to Lucas Giolito. Give me a team for Gio. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I My original pick in my predictions was the Dodgers. I know yeah. they've been linked. But the yeah. Dodgers are a good fit uh, because they have a good outfield. They got guys that can really track down some fly balls. And Lucas Giolito has uh, one of the highest fly ball rates in the game mm-hmm. among all starting pitchers. But I thought about it today Uh-oh. and I got to say, man, I got to say, I think the blue Jays might actually be pretty decent. They got a pretty good outfield out there too. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a good fit for the blue Jays. What do you think about that? As long as Lucas Giolito, uh, uh, as long as you say Kikuchi is heading to the white Sox <laughs> in that trade, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a swap. We'll, we'll take on Giolito and his, uh, you know, rental status and they can have Yusei Kikuchi and work him into their rotation next year. Maybe we have to throw a prospect in there to get it done, but mm-hmm. I'm sold. And Hey, that actually works for the white Sox too, because you're going to be losing Lance Lynn. You're going to lose Lucas Giolito. So you're going to need starting pitching. Hey, you say Kikuchi's right there to yeah. take care of you. Um, yeah. I I have the Dodgers knowing that they need to go out there and grab one of the top three starters that's available. Yeah. And I have Giolito as one of the top three starters available because they are in World Series or bust yeah. mode. So I have and, and and they were linked. I have I have Giolito. How about a bat? I can't remember if earlier in the pod you mentioned this uh, him or not, but Juan Soto is Juan Soto going anywhere? Nah. He's not going anywhere. I, I don't see, yep. you know, it's fun to talk about. Oh, yep. that'd be hilarious. Like that would be, <laughs> it would. Star- I mean, I don't think the Padres, sh- I don't think they can do it. Well, obviously they can, but I just right. don't think in their own minds that they can do it because they'd be giving you, up. You'd be, you're losing. Like yep. you gave up such a big package for him last year of very high level prospects. Mm-hmm. And you, and he, his value has come down since then. 
There's really no reason to trade him at this point. You might as well keep him for next year and just obviously go into the offseason and and make your squad a bit better for 2024. So to me, trading him now, there's really no reason to, you know, because it's you're not going to get a better package back. I think you'd rather hang on to him and and try and be a winning team next year. The Padres still have a lot of talent on that team, but Mm – no, Soto, I, I I just see so many reasons to not trade him over trading him. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that you gave up everything you gave up to make a World Series run last year, this year, and next year. <laughs> and this year's not going to happen. Okay, you know what? That is what it is. Um, if they miss the playoffs, they don't win the World Series just as if they go to the NLCS and get swept. They don't win yeah. the World Series. So. Gear up, go for it again next year. Unless you think, because this year's market is kind of light when it comes to the bats, unless you think you can get a ton, you can recoup a ton of that prospect capital that you spent on him a year ago. Because if you could get Juan Soto for a playoff run this year and next year, there's a lot of teams that would probably pony up a lot for that, uh, like the Yankees, then you got to go for it. Um, I, but I'm with you. I think it is a no go. We're going to do two more. I'm going to give you a, a we, let's let's visit another bat, and then I'm going to throw a. I don't think we have put a a bullpen arm on the board, so we'll do that. How about let's put a bat on the board here? I think Paul DeYoung could be dealt. Uh, do you see Paul DeYoung going? And if you do, where do you see him going? I think it's possible. You know, that's a guy that you know he's had his ups and downs over the last few years. It's not a name that you're hearing about a lot, but mm-hmm. I think that is a possibility. I mean, if I were to go with some teams, you know, a team obviously that could use a right-handed power bat, you know, I'm not really thinking off the top of my head who could use. I mean, the Red Sox, it'd be interesting, but they're getting story back. And so yeah. if you weren't getting story back, I could think maybe that would be well, a possibility. I'm glad that you brought up Boston because just not, not to jump ahead, that's my pick for Paul DeYoung. And the reason is right now, and you would know better than I, because you're closer to the Red Sox, Yu Chang's been getting some run at shortstop and Yu Chang does not instill any fear in any pitcher or even me sitting on the other side of a TV screen, watching a Red Sox game. Hmm. So you got Yu Chang in there. You have Christian Arroyo at second and Christian Arroyo's not really playing that well. So yeah. if you say Arroyo and Chang, here are your utility roles. Here's your spot on the bench. Go sit there. You bring Trevor Story back. You bring Paul DeYoung in. I think you upgrade that offense. So for that reason, the fact that the guys that are there now, even when Story is back, I think you could have Story play second base for the rest of the season. Paul DeYoung could play shortstop, and then Paul DeYoung moves on. And then Trevor Story finally gets to take over the shortstop spot in Boston. But I really like the idea because, I, you know, Kike can play in the outfield. Kike can play all over. He's not been that great with the bat mm-hmm. either this year. So with a lot of that inconsistency with the current stable of middle infielders, instead of trying to put that much weight on Trevor Story to save the middle infield, let's give him some help. And let's do it in the form of Paul DeYoung, who should not should not cost that much. I don't know anyway. I think with him, um, I'm actually checking right now. So he's owed. So for let's see. So this year he's making 
Well, he's on a six-year, $26 million deal. He's a, he has an AAV of 4.3, so that's not a whole lot. I would think with DeYoung, you're probably not looking at giving up a whole ton for him. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at baseballtradevalues.com. His, his value right now is at just a flat zero. So yeah. basically, you're just giving him away. You, I, that's a kind of a guy that you could include, you know, with like a Jordan Montgomery, you know, in, in a trade. Like you could package yeah. those two because DeYoung's not, he's kind of a, just a throw in kind of a guy. The one thing with DeYoung, he's really good defensively. So that's why I wouldn't mind having DeYoung on the Red Sox and, you know, that defense up the middle with story, that'd be, that'd be very good. So yeah. I wouldn't mind that at all. I think, it, you know, one team, if I'm thinking about it, Deong, he's, he's going to give you a little bit of power, you know, maybe the Dodgers, you know, they, they got Miguel Rojas sure. and he's very good defensively, but he's only hitting 226 this year, zero home runs. So you could put Rojas on the bench, you know, he could be more of a backup guy. And then Deong, right. you know, could be, that guy for you offensively and he's going to still give you really good defense so could you maybe do a package deal you know maybe jordan montgomery and maybe paul de like to the dodgers if yeah you know. and, and the dodgers with their financial situation maybe they may maybe they actually pick up i'm not sure if those club options are uh mutual <laughs> there's a club option for 24 and a club option for 25 yeah. at 12 and a half and at 15 I don't know. I, I don't have spot rack in front of me to tell me if that if they both go at the same time or if they are yearly things. The Dodgers might be a team that would be interested if they're yearly. Honestly, I'm like kind of convinced. I'm kind of talking myself into it now. I almost kind of like that package. You know, yeah. Montgomery and DeYoung. You know, I think yeah. that would actually they need pitching. You could make an upgrade offensively at short while still keeping really good defense. Mm -hmm. Why not? You know, I, I'm actually kind of I'm actually liking that now that I say it out loud. So. There you go. Let's let's do uh, one more. Let's do a, a relief pitcher because we know there's going to be a ton of bullpen arms that are on the move. How about Jordan Hicks? I guess we're, we're <laughs> this is a heavy St. Louis Cardinals uh, rapid fire here. Uh, Jordan Hicks, do you see him? Because listen, it's basically pick your poison at this point because everybody <laughs> that is in contention to make a run could use some bullpen help. So really, it's a matter of who do you think is going to be some of the more aggressive teams for bullpen help. Where do you maybe see Jordan Hicks going? When I think of when I think of Jordan Hicks, I think of velocity. Yeah. And when I think of a bullpen that has a lot of high velocity arms, I think of the Twins. Okay. So I think the Twins could be a really decent fit. They got that a good back nice end. Yep. So I think they maybe could add one more if they could. That'd be a good bolster move. I'm I I have uh, I have the Blue Jays for that one. Blue Jays are all about trying to add swing and miss guys to their uh, stable. Yeah, and yeah, with yeah. that kind of velocity, you're going to get some good swing and miss. So I have the, that is, that is my, that is one of my few, actually, that is my only uh, Blue Jays hmm. trade prediction at the moment. Uh, things could certainly shake out and change as more deals go down, but that's my only one for my team is Jordan. Yeah. Hayes. Another, another one I got too. You're talking about power arms and a bullpen. Look at the bullpen last year for the Astros in the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe the Astros could be a good fit for Jordan. Hanks. Rafael Montero has been kind of a bust this year. Yep. Maybe you want to kind of help that out a little bit. Maybe add Hicks to that bullpen. Everybody out there listening, you can find Robbie Hyde on YouTube by just searching Robbie Hyde and you can find him <laughs> On Twitter, where we got Ginger Snap Hide on Twitter. You can be found as well for your real time uh, reactions to what's going on in the sports world. So I encourage everybody to check Robbie out. That has now, Robbie. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I always like talking some ball. It's always good. always always me too. And I always enjoy talking to you. 
I want to remind everybody out there, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to turn on the auto download so you get all of the content as soon as it is posted to the show feed. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and now get out of here because we're done. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.